Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion. We run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! hour what could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at mutiny radio fm index at podcasts pcrcollective.org So come live or listen.
When you hear the trippy music, it means it's time for some call me Tim here on Mutiny Radio. Brand new show, some call me Tim. Why why would a show be named such a silly thing? Well, uh, I being your host, Cam Benjamin, I've been totally obsessed with Monty Python and the Holy Grail since I was in college. I was also raised really, really, really Christian and believed in all the supernatural. And I thought it would be fun to interview people and talk about their relationship with religion or God or higher power whatever or they're not relationship with it maybe they believe in dog instead of god i don't know and then uh hour two we have <coughs> pervert fervor uh with timothy pizza a new amazing moog religion he has drum machines and beepity boopity bops machines and he's going to be playing for you guys some uh, amazing improv music and uh just creating here at Mutiny Radio. Exciting, exciting stuff. So uh, I have with me drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. Hey. What's going on? All right. So hey. welcome to Jesus. Some Call Me Tim. Some Call Me Tim. Do you uh, do you know, were you a Monty Python watcher? Um, not really. I mean, it was on and I would watch bits, bits and pieces growing up, but I definitely have seen a lot more since I was a kid. Yeah. Gotcha. So, but you're not like... Obsessed not hardcore, with, no. gotcha. It used to be. It used to be. I, I used to be too. We watched, we watched um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail in college every day for 30 days, one month. We watched it. Every day. Every day. Uh, it went out. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's. Uh, Hello. Thanks, yeah. The, our, I need to rerun all our XLR cables. It's. When I was in high school, though, there was a scavenger hunt. And one of the questions was from that movie. It's like, what is the airspeed velocity, velocity of, of an unladen swallow? So we actually went to like, a, African nobody knew the or answer. You, African or European? And we actually went to a teacher's house who had the film. And we like found the part and ran back to the school with our answer. That's yeah, rad. That's I just rad. remember Silly Walks was my favorite thing. Silly Walks? I think it might have been on the show. It was like just people walking weird. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, so, yeah of course. I was like, it sounds, it just sounds like a weird monster, silly walks yeah. or something like in, from another dimension. <laughs> uh, so speaking of other dimensions, uh, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett, were you raised a religious person? Not, I mean, probably out of, you know, I don't know, I guess my mother's feeling like she had to put me through all that stuff. I mean, I didn't go to, I mean, they weren't strict about it, but I had to go to CCD every week. I was, you know, I Catholic, communion, confirmed. That, okay. Con- Cat- went all the way through 15 years old, and then uh, that was it. It's, but yeah, that as, was it. You did the Catholic mass and the whole thing. and the- Well, yeah, I was confirmed and right. whatever. But, I mean, she didn't make us go to church every week. Did you, did you have a missile? Did you have a... No, I've actually never owned a Bible. This isn't a, even a Bible. a Bible. This was my father's missile. This belongs to Timothy Benjamin. Some call me too. 151056 uh, 16th Avenue, Redwood City, California. And it's dated 12-25-61. Oh, shit. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Um, and it basically tells you how to do the Mass. Yeah, the Mass in you. On the cross, Jesus offered himself alone. In Holy Mass, you must also make an offering. You 
offer to God in the first place, Jesus himself. And then you must offer yourself to God with him in a very practical way. That doesn't offer sound satanic at all. It doesn't, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, see, but now, now you're in a death metal band. Do you feel closer to Satan or closer to God? At this point? Or do you just believe in neither? Yeah, pretty much neither, but I mean, yeah, no, I don't, either way. So what, would you say that you have like a guiding force in your life that somehow affects you, like some kind of guiding force? Uh, the drugs, drugs. Drugs. (laughs) Yay. So you have a higher power, but I'm the drugs made me believe in something else after this. Yes. I, I wouldn't call it God, but I would say that. What, what kind of drugs do you mean? Just weed? Salvia. Salvia. That's the one for me. But Salvia I still have never done acid, so... Do you, um, do you want to do some acid? We, <laughs> I happen right to... Now. Yeah, well, we don't know. Um, Zach Wiseman is oh. also here with us. He um, plays a game called uh, Altoid Roulette. You either get fresh breath or <laughs> you might, uh, take some, might take some LSD. He puts liquid acid into Altoid's thing and shakes it up, and it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a gamble. You don't nice. know what's going to happen. Nice. I, have, I have two of them in my bag. Uh, I, not today. <laughs> not today. Can, can I play? Can, can yeah, I play you my game? Play, you want to play your game? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll get them out of my backpack uh, in a minute, and then you can drink your, your, your vodka. So uh, tell us about how your Salvia trip made you have sort of a connection with a higher power. It made me, like right off the bat, I felt like I was leaving... Like physically, slowly, like I always compare it to like an Apple computer when you minus the screen, it kind of sucks down into the corner, you know, like a vortex. Wormhole. I, yeah, wormhole, exactly. Yeah. I felt like I was slowly being sucked into a wormhole, I, and I was aware that I was leaving for good, and these five people standing in front of me were the last people I was going to see. They were in on it. Like the whole thing was just an experience, and then all of a sudden I was out and felt like I was flying through a wormhole ridiculously fast and I had this feeling that I was on my way to something else that it wasn't bad or anything but I didn't want to go I wanted to come back and it's very similar to a lot of these life death death experiences or whatever uh, that I've read about Um, and that fucked with my head for about three months like that wasn't real I came back and all, all this shit happens in five minutes but from then on, I was like, I can't deny, can't deny what I felt and what I believed. I really believed it, and I'm like, cool. But you believed you were gonna, did you believe you were gonna die, or did you believe you were being taken to an alternate universe? Alternate something else, yeah, that I wasn't dying. I didn't think I was dying. You, like a spaceship, like a wormhole going to another place, and mm-hmm. it was... Very, very fast, and it was uncomfortable. I remember being very uncomfortable how fast I was flying through this thing. Wow. Yeah, I had, I had a similar, similar experience uh, with Salvia, but I resisted this ship they kept saying go on the ship i know that all of our microphones are so yeah. creepy right now still coming uh, they, they said uh i was like no i'm not going with you and they're like no no everything's okay come with us we're gonna go on the spaceship and i was like no i'm not going against the spaceship and i was crawling against it and i ended up breaking a bunch of shit and scaring a bunch of people this was on drugs or this was on salvia yeah salvia. this was on salvia i had the same experience where they were trying to take me away and i didn't want to go but you just went you're like Phew. yeah you're on your way but I was trying to come back too. When I did come back, they told me that I was trying to crawl on the um, dresser. Oh I was wow! Like, well, that was me trying to come back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was a trip, man. And but that- yeah, no, I haven't been. Re- I've been pretty much atheist for quite a while. I'm more. I consider myself more agnostic, I guess, because I 
feel like we can already create life as human beings, so that's kind of playing God as as it is. So that's that's a good. Point. Who's to say it couldn't have been created by Bill Nye? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when would you say that was the point in your life where you're like, I'm a, I don't believe in this? Because you at a wedding. Yeah. But you were you believe when you were 15? Did you believe in it? When you went to the confirmation and that you just did I mean, it because your mom wanted to I remember 15 specifically kind of being a year where I started questioning all that, all that stuff. I mean, like, do I really, where do I stand on this? You know, it seems kind of, I never really kind of believed in it, you know? And, and which, which parts was it like the seven loaves, uh, five the two fishes and was it like or five loaves two fishes was it like that's impossible that stuff doesn't happen yeah i mean yeah kind was of it like I jesus mean, walked the, on water that well, doesn't happen noah's ark uh jesus rising from the dead all that stuff right. i'm like jonah and the whale all that stuff i well i don't know yeah i luckily i don't know a lot of stories from the bible but i know enough <laughs> and and you just you were 15 and you said this is stupid yeah, well, not really. I just, it was like, where do I stand? And I was like, well, it can't hurt to, you know, believe in it. So I kind of just went through. I even used to, you know, I wear a crucifix for a Did little you? while. Did you um, accept Jesus not, Christ as your a, Lord and Savior? Were you nah, one of those? that was you more like it was my mother had taken the wedding ring. She'd given my stepdad um, when they got married. It was used wedding ring. So on their 10th anniversary, she bought him a new one. So she took the old one and had it melted into a cross with a few diamonds in it from the wedding ring my dad had given my mom. So I kind of wore it more of a personal thing. But right, right. I, I want to melt it now and turn it into the rings from John Bonham's symbol. Oh, of course. That's great. <laughs> uh, so would you say that if you had to f- subscribe to a religion, you would call music your religion? Or you would say drugs are your religion? Or there is no religion. You don't believe in, a, in an external set of laws to sort of guide your life. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I mean, I believe there's, yeah, some sort of energy. There's something in there. There's something in there. And I'm going to find the fucker. Um, <laughs> there's a movie I saw, Altered States, recently, which is that a movie, great yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 And that was a line that he says, I'm going to find that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Depri- um, deprivation yeah, tank. Yeah, sleep deprivation tank, yeah. yeah. Um, no, for me, it was really like when... Yeah, I was at a wedding, and the, and the priest was like, so will you be receiving the body of Christ tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, you know. I went through all that stuff. And he's like, "Have you? when's the last time you had a confession? I was like, you know, since I was 15. He's like, okay, so we'll just need to get that out of the way. We'll, we'll, we'll have a session before, you know, you receive the body of Christ. Creepy. And he was creepy, too. And I was like, right there, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm cool. I don't need to, I'm 30-something years old. I don't wow. need to confess yeah. my sins to an old creepy dude. Well, and, and, and that was it. That's when I finally said, you know what, I'm, I'm out of it. If I ever have to go to church or anything, I'm not getting in line and doing any of that stuff anymore. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Masturbation is a mortal sin, so you would have to go into the priest and talk about stroking your dick. And that's why I think priests really like confession, is they want to hear about it because they don't get to do all that. And they're like, tell us, tell, tell me, tell me how you did it. Right. Do you use yeah, the overhand or the underhand method? Do you use two hands? <laughs> you know, like... Fleshlight? Fleshlight? Right? And if that's you're confessing, like... Isn't that weird that... And to, to have to confess to another person that's as the opposed thing. I wouldn't to, have known what to say. I wouldn't have said anything like that. I would have been like, uh, I lied to my girlfriend <laughs> about whatever, you know? Right. Like, I, that was what I would have maybe come up with. I don't but know. But even, even that you guys weren't, you weren't married, so you would, according to the Catholic laws... It was already a sin. You were already a sin. So you'd have to, you'd have to repent or confess for... 
having premarital sex. He would have made sex, me feel really bad. Yeah. He would have made you feel really bad. He would have. <laughs> you would have had to say that you have. You have had and continue to have. You know, sex outside of the bonds of God's laws. Uh, being would married. he have made me say a bunch of Hail Marys? Is yeah, that, he would have. He would have. And if you've been, he, you would have said, and you know, I, I have, I have a chronic masturbation issue because my girlfriend won't put out enough. <laughs> and then he, you'd have to say all these Hail Marys and and our fathers and do the whole thing and and uh, and confess. But then your slate is clean, so that if you, um, you know, die, then you immediately go to heaven. According cool. to the Catholics, which I was taught as a Presbyterian, is just another cult. That's right. what they taught us in Presbyterianism a sect of born-again Christianity that Catholics were all going to hell because they didn't truly accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Also, Buddhists, Hindus, anything, all are, are cults. Mormons, all I'm, of it. You know, I'm kind of into believing some of the Matrix type of theories and even X-Files. Absolutely. Hybrids, all that kind of stuff, or just a, we're on a grid, I don't know, Tron. Aliens. <laughs> uh, and so the Star Wars theory, I think a lot of people... and. You know, I, I I believe I believe in the Star Wars universe. I have an active imagination and I enjoy it. And I think that, you know, people force you into Jesus as your only imaginary friend. Why can't I have Yoda be my imaginary friend? Mm-hmm. Why can't I talk to Yoda? I feel like his backward speak can help me. Maybe, like how does how would he say that? Uh, help you, I can maybe. <laughs> if I was doing a Yoda speak. Has it ever been acknowledged that George Lucas actually took some of his idea? I mean, I, you could probably see it in a lot of spots, but did he take from Buddhism? Did he take, like, Yoda? Is, that, he's, is he, like, Well, Buddhist look at the, even the costuming. The force, I mean, itself, I mean, it's kind of... Collective unconscious. He yeah. supposedly took a lot from... There's definitely David always, Blow like, a Mary character because there's only one female in every movie. Mm. Huh. Yeah. There's more. There was Aunt Beru and Princess Leia. But I know they're, they're tertiary Adam, yeah, at best. Yeah, there's yeah. only one female. So he's yeah. got the Mary Magdalene thing going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She's always kind of... Well, no, I don't mother, know. She's no, making Mary out of Mary Magdalene was the whore. Mother Mary is the mother. Yeah. So well, she's kind of got both. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wait. No, I'm, I'm the, like confusing the movies. I don't know. Well, so. but that's interesting that one, one uh, female character... Uh, because yeah. of the mythology. And, and there aren't very many women in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but so you were at this wedding. The priest wanted you to confess. You said nay. And then you just didn't take yep. communion at the wedding. No big deal. Yep. That was it. And that was it. That and was the you, end of my ties to organized religion. But you didn't feel... Did, did you ever feel in that, like, the spirit of God move you? Or when you were... No, I mean... Okay, Zach Wiseman is laughing. But... At least in born-again Christianism, when you'd go to church and you'd sing or you'd go to youth group and sing or whatever, it was like, you know, you put your hands in the air and it's like, I feel the spirit of God here. And there was, when people I think are all singing the same song at the same time, there's definitely something happening. You know, when you went to mass and everybody was saying the same things in Latin to each other, did, did that rile anything in you? No. The church has never done anything for me, ever. I barely even paying attention all these years that I went. Which I, I, like I said, I never really went, had to go to church that much. Pretty much like maybe Christmas and maybe Easter, but th- my mom didn't force it on me, really. That, I mean. It's good. Well, but, and now here's, here's where I want to kind of get to with the show. You're, I consider you to be a very moral person with a lot of integrity. And like, where did that come from if it didn't come from religion? And, and that's more of mm. like a devil's advocate question because mm. people in our country right now will say, well, the moral backbone of our country is degrading and it's demoralized because the Christianity is no longer the full soul focus of everybody's. 
so basically what they're saying is that without without an external morality you're we're all crappy human beings and we're not going to make the right choices but i feel like you're like a genuinely good person so where does that come from if not from yeah catholicism that's a good point um because i wonder that about people who are assholes you know like why are you so selfish and why is you know like why are you trying to manipulate everything to be in your favor you know and it's um and in their mind, they think they're doing the right thing, and they're and they're in the right and all this stuff. And I mean, I don't I wouldn't say I go to my on my way, but I don't know. I do feel like I know what the right things and the wrong things are to do, and how to treat people. You know, I'm not saying I help every thinking person on the street or whatever, but I definitely will stop every once in a while and be like, "You all right? You know, whatever." I, I don't know. Was it Saturday morning cartoons? The, the G.I. Joe things at the yeah. end. Was it the, yeah, was, was it like watching G.I. different now shows? Now you know, and, and knowing half the battle. Well, it's funny. You know, a lot of those 80s shows, there definitely was always some sort of moral kind of lesson yeah. in all of them. I mean, even, uh, you know, All in the Family, Archie Bunker always kind of learned a lesson in every episode, you know. There was always like a, a moral lesson because he would be like, oh, it's okay for me to keep this $50, you know. And then someone would come back for the $50. Archie, you know, you got to give it back. Archie, Shut up, me head. Archie, you can't take that money. <laughs> um, now, you make an interesting point, though, because I think that TV in the 70s and early 80s, and especially what was happening for children, is very different than what it is today. And if we look at the millennials and we say, why are they such, why are they such like, um, Oh, assholes, I think is the word I'm looking for. They just don't seem to have the integrity. They have a lot more selfish. They're, they're a lot more, I feel like, kids in their 20s. But then that's me being in my 40s and going, kids these days, right. kids these days don't know what's going on. But they, maybe they're, uh, TV wasn't know, as there's Disney generation. Like, they know every freaking Disney movie, and those are all moral, you know, type of movies or whatever. That That's true, too. They're pretty moral. I don't I mean, know. I watch a lot of that stupid crap Miley Cyrus and them but it's not it's a lot about like teaching them how to date I think a lot of Disney Channel right now is teaching them how to have crushes on boys wear cute clothes and how to be like how to fit in at school kind of thing Mm -hmm. as opposed to having or it's I know they talk about like how do you interrelate with your friends and all that stuff but it's, it's not like the way I think it used to be on Saturday morning cartoons where there was like a definitive moral it's like don't lie to your parents, Billy. What was the thing? Did you make me watch it? The one, it's the... Keep pot handles turned in. Oh, Keep. right. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Keep pot handles turned in. But there was a, there was a, some sort of cartoon that was like, keep your kids off drugs. And like, uh, um, all the Looney Tunes were in it. 90, 90, 1990. No, we Animaniacs. were too old anyways. Uh, that, was, that was in the 90s. They, but they had a wheel of morality, turn, 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 tell us a lesson that we should learn. But it was silly. It wasn't like, here are real moral... They'd be like, keep keep it in your pants. We're talking about your sandwiches, kids, or whatever. They were being they were being talking cheeky. about Animaniacs? Yeah, they had wheel yeah. of morality, turn, turn, turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Animaniacs? Yeah, yeah I love that I stuff. I remember that. Which was great. That was, I watched that when I was in college, though. So you would be in your, you would have been in your 20s here well, when you first like moved Those like the kid in. versions of the, like, Mickey Mouse and stuff? Or the, uh, they were the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. For me, that was oh, the first okay. time cartoons started taking, like, weird adult undertones. Mm-hmm. Like, 
uh, there's like, cause you can go back and there's some really fucked up jokes in there. Um, oh yeah, yeah, well, even it's, the old Looney Tunes. Yeah, but those ones were just like overtly racist. We watched like, it. In, we watched it in college and laughed and laughed and laughed. I was at UCSD yeah. and that was a thing that we watched in the afternoon. Darkwing Duck. It was Animaniacs and then Darkwing Duck, and that's what we watched. Kind of every day of the week. It, it made me fail physics six. That and Days of Our Lives. Well, you know, and there's a whole other thing, too, because let's face it. We all, you know, you grew up religious. I mean, we, at a certain point, you get smart enough to realize that these religious people, the zealots or whatever, they're, they're, they're hypocrites. They're like huge hypocrites. They're, they're nothing like they're trying to portray themselves as. They're like, and maybe that's why they cling to religion, because they have a lot of guilt over being a piece of shit, you know? Or, or the concept that you can be easily forgiven for whatever happens. So it's that if you first... The, and that's the why I feel like there's a lot of gay priests is because they have this weird guilt that there's something wrong with them. So they feel like if they give their life to God or whatever, and then they ultimately can't suppress those feelings and they fuck little boys. Yeah. Well, and also little boys are... are they have access to them and they, they're not real powerful little creatures maybe. I don't know. I, I'm molesting children is always is a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But that's the thing is that I'm sure there are a lot of Christian people that are using the church to have strange molestation rings. Now I'm just creating slander. <laughs> but there are a lot of Christians that are, I mean, I would say evil. I mean, I was super, super Christian in high school, and there were some girls that were like a big part of the church, and I would call them evil. They were so mean. They were so mean. And it was all under the guise of like God being all like, let's all love each other. And then they'd just be mean, so mean. Just make fun of you mercilessly or not pay attention. That was even worse. Uh, So what would you say um, if you were to make your own five commandments, what would be the commandments of Aaron Barrett? If you were to think of five things that sort of moralistically or tenets that maybe guide your life a little bit, like... I mean, the general one I always feel like is do unto others as you have done to yourself. That's almost the only one I think is necessary. Yeah. That's simple. But, you know. <laughs> don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't. That, that, you know, and that's, you know, it's like, what do you call it? Uh, people who are into do- domination and hurting each other. S and S and M. You know, it's, 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 um. They both agree on it. They're, you know, that's there's nothing. Consensual, what be, what yeah. be, if it's if it's um, consensual. Stupid, consensual. That's the word I'm looking for. Anything's consensual. Boom, you're fine. You know. But with religion, there is no consent on the other side. I guess it's a personal consent, but then you have to believe somehow that there's this. That that's the thing that we, we you know we have to get through. There's there's faith. There's trust that something's out there. Like we don't know. We don't, do you believe in the burning bush? Do you know what I mean? Like, does God, has God ever, has God spoken to me? Absolutely. Do I believe in God? No. <laughs> but, because <laughs> I think it's like, I mean, what are the truths that I'm telling myself? I, I mean, I, I honestly don't think that there's a dude up there in the clouds looking down on us going like, all right, well, I'm playing around yeah. with these people today. Kind of like Clash of the Titans. Remember when the gods were all up there and they were moving them all like little tiny clay chess pieces and moving them around? I don't think that it's like that, that there's like, and, but I was taught that God knows you intimately more than anyone else. And he knows the amount of hairs on your head at all times. And so we used to play this joke in the car where I would take my brother's hair and I'd, I'd pull it and they'd be like, how many hairs does God say you have now? (laughs) (laughs) I see. That's like that, that's that whole, when they say that shit, that's the whole 
proof to me that there is no God because if God is so intimate with everybody and you know this is why why is he giving some nice dude cancer why is he giving right yeah why is he you know and they write that off as he only gives you what you can handle yeah and those it's, and it's those stupid fucking sayings that are just it's like shut the fuck up you know like um i don't know it's uh i've come a long way mentally and philosophically to get to where i am now in what i believe um I don't know. It's, it's like those little sayings and those little things. That just, just the aphorisms, yeah. the Jesus aphorisms. Yeah. Yeah. The Bi- I mean, I was taught to memorize a lot of the Bible. Like yeah, even without looking at it, I can. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is by faith you have been. Sa- it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves. It is the act of God, not by men so that no man can boast. So like that's the whole thing is like. We have no, it's basically saying that you, that's the thing I always had a problem with Christianity about is it? it's saying that I am a powerless, I am powerless. I don't make my own decisions. They've all been made for me. God knows exactly what choices that I'm going to make or not make. He already knows, but he's allowing me to make the choices, but really he knows and nothing that I do has any effect on the rest of my life, it, either now or in some fictional afterlife that it is someone else's power completely that formulates how I exist in this world. And that I can't come to terms with like, cause no one else is sleeping when I'm sleeping or waking up or getting on the bus or like no one's making me do anything, you know, like there's no, I'm, I'm making these decisions. I'm the one having this PBR. Like no, it's not like this predestined <laughs> yeah. thing of like, well, I, or uh, I don't, I just can't believe it. Aaron, you're, you're our guest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's something that drives all of us, you know, maybe like, it's like we want to grasp onto something. I mean, that's why I can understand why religion exists. We want to believe that there's a purpose that you're not just born and you die. And I mean, there is something crazy about life. I mean, it's, it's incomprehensible, you know, like, and, and a lot of people like to explain it with God, like boom, did this and did that and did that, done, you know, six days, seven days, whatever it was, you know. Um, It was six days because on the seventh day you rested. Okay. And on the eighth day, God created rock and roll. Uh, (laughs) I think religion exists (laughs) because people shit. Because they shit? Yeah. Because we poo. Mm -hmm. We have to have religion. Well, because people live together, right? And they start a town or a city. And then the shit gets bigger and bigger. They don't know what to do with all their shit. So then they need to control the people to make plumbing, to make a city, to make this, to make that, to make rules, to make government. And then they need to scare the fuck out of you with religion and God to get you to obey to everything. Huh. Yeah. So you think that if we didn't have shit and garbage, like everybody just be wandering this planet and be happy it's the precept of the sheeple they want us to follow because it's easy it's easier to control large yeah you don't want to move your own shit you want somebody else to do it hmm so then burning man is heaven maybe i don't know because there is because they they (laughs) deal with everyone has to deal with their own shit yeah, I hear the port potties get pretty gross around like. I don't. I have my own way of pooping at Burning Man, and it is like a religion. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's called gallon Ziploc bags. <laughs> They're amazing. Wow. Gallon Ziploc bags and a bucket 
And you just go in your tent. Yeah. And you can pee anywhere as long as you're wearing a skirt. You just put the gallons of block bag up against your twat, <laughs> pee into it, close it up, stick it underneath your car, or you can dump it in the porta potty if you can hang with that shit. I I can't hang with it. I can't. I I mean I can believe that people would create the existence of a god because poo got so gross. Because I find it to be yeah a super big problem. Yeah, uh, God's gonna get you. Clean up your poo. God's gonna get you. Clean up your poo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron, tell us about Carlos Castaneda. What do you think about this philosopher and uh, his ways of thinking that have like oh, okay. shaped your life? Uh, and I mean, oh, that's that shit's more trippy. Um. It doesn't really have anything to do with religion, I don't feel like. Um, but you kind of say, have you ever seen God? I mean, yeah, I mean, the closest I can say, like, whenever I'm in nature, in the middle of nowhere, in the, in the woods, that's where I see God. It's just in nature, you know, creation. Um, I can't, yeah, like the physical, the Bible, all that stuff, I just can't believe in all that, but... I mean, I don't know. There's something beautiful about, but that's you know, Carlos Castaneda. I don't know. That stuff is kind of. It's it's it, fiction, but it seems like nonfiction. But it also has deep life truths. You left a quote for me once about the. Um, it's about perspective. Like it's what the energy, feeling good and feeling bad, or take oh, the same choice, amount. Of, yeah. yeah, or it's take like, the same amount of energy. Yeah. So why not just feel good that's the gist of it it's something like that <laughs> kind of, but, <yeah>. it's, <laughs> but it's but it's, it's it's just philosophy it's, yeah, it's a lot about discipline self-discipline and and um um kind of to get what you want you know actually um i feel like ultimately carlos Casaneda was a manipulative person who used his power and energy and all that stuff to seduce women into his little club or whatever you know um, well, and so people- you can use that power for anything. I mean, you know, you want to be famous, this and that. You can use it for that. You want to be happy. You want to be alone, whatever. Um, it's it's about personal empowerment, I think, and being connected to yourself, I guess. I don't know. We got to get Chris Duncan on the show because I bet that he'll say the core of his religion is women. Yeah. I mean, and that I mean, I think a lot of people use their if that's. I mean, some people's driving force would be money. Some people would be women. Some people would be fame. Some people would be booze. Some. What would you say is like? Uh, God would say, "What is your idol?" Because God would say, "Put no idols before me." You know, like, oh, you watch TV. TV is your idol or money, uh, power for for like Donald Trump. You know, clearly his driving force is like to take over the world and be all powerful or something. I'm. But it, what would you say? Is it to make music? Is it to, to to feel happy, to be comfortable? Are you looking? What are you, like, looking for? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, honestly, those Carlos Castaneda books kind of did instill into me to, to be dis- more disciplined in what I... It's like I have a vision of what I want to do. I want to play more music. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I don't have the, enough discipline to do it. So for me, that's kind of like what I just keep keep uh, striving for is the discipline to do what I want to get you know off Facebook to to you know I I don't watch the news anymore I rarely I don't I don't know anything about what's going on very often anymore which is good yeah um because it's my life my life experience and I'm not gonna waste it you know reading shit about Hillary or Donald and all that crap and 
it's just like I'm over that stuff. People are stupid. And, so you're not into the cult of personality. We got that. I guess so. TV is not your god. No. Internet is not your god. Kind of right now it is, though. I spend way too much time on the internet and, yeah, watching TV and binge watching things. Yeah. What did you What did you last binge watch? Did you I've been watching Eastbound and Down. Oh, that one's great. great. That's and Alaskan great. Bush People, actually, is another one. I watched the whole damn thing. And this is an amazing family that lives out in the woods and they build their own cabins and houses and it's the most beautiful family i've ever witnessed and they're all characters but the father and mother are just awesome people like religious people should watch them and that's you know that's how you behave because there's there's discipline absolutely if you're building your own stuff and you're raising children out in the wilderness i mean there's got to be there's not a lot of time to fiddle fart around they go like they'll go into uh, juno or one of these little towns every once in a while and they're just like freaking out you know there's like got so many people and the horns and everything it makes you think about it we deal with that every day you know yeah and I'm sick of it. Every time I go, you know, I went to visit my buddy Dennis a few weeks ago and up in Nevada City. It's beautiful up there. And I am way more into that than How's he shit. doing with his paleo wife? Oh, uh, they're not married, but oh. they're, they're not doing well, no. Aww. But their son has epilepsy. I don't know if you're talking about this oh, shit. Okay. But uh, <laughs> they have a beautiful, awesome son. But yeah, he has seizures and he's only two years old. So oh, we got to get him the CBD. Ahead of him. He's actually on that. Rad. But it's hard for them to get, though. That's I have I have a whole jar of it I'll give to him you, when right. you see him next. Right. Yeah. I have a whole jar in that cabinet right now. I believe more in that shit than what the doctors are trying to give him. Right. Yeah, we'll get him. I've got all the... I mean, there's alcohol in it, but I we've got all the... I mean, whatever. It's in yeah, small it's doses. Yeah. yeah. Children can... I mean, I was raised on a little bit of beer here and there. Drinking my dad's Coors outside. Uh, so, Coolers. Yeah, right. It's uh, the, the Rockies. So, do you do you, you you don't feel affected anymore by your parents? Your your mom your mom died. We know that. But your dad, he's not religious at all. He and his wife aren't. They don't. They kind of are. Yeah, they kind of. I don't know if they go every week, but for I think my my stepmom has generally gone to. They've always been part of a church, and really? she's gone on somewhat of a regular basis. My dad, I don't. Yeah, he kind of did get into it. I don't know. He never got to the point where he was like preaching it to me. You know, yeah, but her mother for her though. Her yeah. mother certainly did. Would always corner me and ugh, annoying. But um. Yeah, I think they're still kind of part of a church, but they don't, you know, I don't think they're like mega religious or whatever, push it or talk about it. You know what I mean? That was the rift that I I haven't, I mean, I talk to my dad sometimes, but I haven't spoke to my mom in like five years now and the rift was over religion really. So it's, it's unfortunate. It's that their, their lifestyles and the strictures of the way they live their life don't allow for the way that I live my life, which is so weird because Christianity is supposed to be so like all encompassing and accepting. And then for it to be so like pushing away and not inclusive is, is, is rough, no, but my, it's, my it's all the marijuana, which is funny to me because I think marijuana is awesome. Yeah. You're so you're still, well, my stepmoms actually, they were just out here and she's like really into the, I don't know how to pronounce it. The Bhagavad Vita. Oh, uh-huh. Bhagavad Vita. Is that how yeah. it's? She's like totally into that now. And like after all these years of 
working in corporate jobs and striving to make all this money and own stuff and feel a sense of accomplishment she's kind of realizing she's kind of finding finally starting to realize like wow like she has you know migraines and other health problems that she's realizing it's stress you know that right yeah i mean iron butterfly needs to great. chill the fuck out you know and a lot of this stuff is not important you know and uh, sad that someone would come to that conclusion when they're 65 or whatever you know but because I felt like she was kind of telling me, she's like, I kind of get all this stuff you've been saying all these years, the way you are about this stuff. Like, huh. And it's like, yeah, you don't have to stress out about everything. These things, you know, great. You have a personal sense of accomplishment. Has it changed the world? No, not really. You know, it made the government money. You know, it paid for some bombs <laughs> and shit. But, you know. So, uh, no kids. No kid for me, no. Yeah, never. Uh, maybe I don't know. You ever think I about still it? Still don't adopting. rule it out, but I don't know. I don't know if I could really handle it. I Do know you, I would if I had to, but watching everybody else around me struggle to raise kids is definitely um, doesn't necessarily make me want to have one. If you did have children, what what would be the lessons you would impart to them to try to create a moralistic structure in their lives? Hmm. I would. I, don't, I would just lead by example, and then. Let them know when they're fucking up. <laughs> Let them know when they fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking up. Yeah. Uh, somebody, I, I, my phone has been off the hook tonight. It's 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 crazy. It's out there. It's that terrible terrible beeping of the boop boop a doop boop. I think mine it's, makes the same noise. I, well, I and I don't have a smartphone, so it's it's I don't believe in smartphones. I I don't believe in God, and I don't believe in smartphones. But I feel like. Have you ever read The Cell by Stephen King? Mm-mm. It's great. It, it, everyone who's on their cell at a certain point, this pulse happens, and all those people turn into crazy, raving zombie lunatics that eat this. each other. And, and they attack everybody. It's an amazing book. And I honestly feel like something's going to happen at some point because people are in love with their hand or their phone. I can't <laughs> tell the difference. But. I mean, if, if people could look up for like three seconds, you walk into any room, even a bar now, like a bar. That's how I feel. I'm like, people, you don't have a girlfriend? I'm like, I can't compete with a phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Women cannot put these fucking things down. No. Um, like once uh, every couple of weeks, I've been, uh, I got this app to shut off all my apps. Do what? I got he an got an app, app to, to shut, shut off all here. his apps. Nice. Yeah, I can set it, you know, for like a week or a few days, and like, um, I'll just get so fucking engulfed in this stupid fucking thing that uh, just be like, all right, like something will happen. Like, I like, I'll just either read like somebody's post or I'll post something so dumb that I'll just be like, okay, that's it, three days. Yeah, like, I, I need to, I need to take, I should take mandatory fra- Facebook breaks because it usually just makes me feel like a terrible person, like a. Looking at Facebook, looking at the general feed, usually makes yeah. me feel like an enormous loser. It used to be like a sort of weird, happy place, but it's like I don't get that from it anymore at all. Like, there's people used to post just like stuff. Now it's like either for somebody's show. I only or, use it for promotion. It's annoying. Yeah. yeah. People are like outraged over something one day, and the next day it's like, oh, look at this cute thing. You know, it's just like, and it's everyone's got their little pet project that, the, you know, they're feminist or they're fucking um, against Hillary or they're against Trump or whatever. Everyone's got their Black Lives Matter. Everyone's got their cause that on Facebook and then it's back to business as usual, you know. It's, yeah, I don't even... 
I don't even read very many compelling things on Facebook. People write, you know, they just see, no one's actually really other than Bay Area people. Like a lot of people I know back in Massachusetts don't actually say anything. They just no. they just share things, you know, or share an inspirational quote. And everyone's like, yeah, that's me, you know, and there's no like actual personal thought going into anybody. They're just like totally getting it from everywhere else, you know, it's I think a big part of this show that I want to instill in people, whoever decides to listen, is that you don't have to believe in God to be a good person. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be, you don't have to follow this party line of Christianity. You you don't have to do that. You don't have to go to church. But they make you feel that way. Absolutely. You know, they feel like, yeah, sorry, no, really, I know you're probably a good person, but yeah, if you don't. But you're still going to hell. I don't know. I heard this really great quote um, from a religious... uh, scholar that I studied from uh, he's actually kind of famous now uh, he was my teacher in junior year of high school his name's uh, Reza Aslan um, he wrote a bunch of books about being Muslim and now he's uh, been on like the Daily Show and I think he consults uh, with movies and like HBO shows about how religion actually works so they don't fuck it up in their scripts and stuff like that. Um, Anyways, uh, this guy had a really good quote. I don't know if he said it himself or bit it from somebody else, but it was, uh, standing in a church uh, gives you faith like uh, standing in a garage makes you a car. And I feel like that's like that's 90% great. of the people that are in the church thing that are like, oh, yeah, I go to church. I say the things louder and I sing in key and I donate money where everyone can watch. When I get outside, I'm a fucking cunt. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's a part of a social structure. Um, <clears throat> I think it's embedded like in suburbia. I think when you get in the city, you find religion a little less. maybe, I don't, Or maybe more. I don't know. These are, aren't real stats. These are just right. things I've seen. Yeah, ways that we feel about uh, what's going on. Uh, I'm looking for the the space in Acts where they just they kill someone for not being a, a socialist enough. They kill this this man and his wife because they don't. Uh, it's in the beginning of Acts, it's and it's so hypocritical. It's I mean, it's in the whole thing. It's like, hey, everybody, give all of your money to the church. And then these two people don't share, uh, they don't, they, they lie about selling a piece of land. They say they didn't and that they, they kept the money themselves and the people at the church say, did you, did you do it? And then they lie and then they, they say God struck them. It says God struck them down, but it was the people that killed them. Yeah. It wasn't God that struck them down out of nowhere. The people were like, you didn't share with us. We're killing you. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's supposed to be about sharing and caring in the church. And because they didn't share enough, you're killing them? That's crazy. It's uh, like, but it's it's all it's all in the Bible, guys. I don't know. It's like to be religious in some ways. I don't know. It's just kind of if God is everywhere and God is everything. Then that kind of says that humanity is a hive mind. And that kind of says that we don't think for ourselves. Um, I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's always been a creepy topic for me. It's like I've never... I've been surrounded by it my whole life. I've never bought into it. Ever. All I know about Christianity is that everyone I know who's Christian right now is really rich. My brother is rich. All of his friends from high school have a lot of money. Everyone who is Christian from Danville that I knew is very, very wealthy right now. All of them. There isn't one... Even the two that are like missionaries are more well off than, say, me. 
But the Bible purports that socialism is the way to go. To go. Here we go. So the group of followers, this is Acts 5, uh, 4 and 5. Uh, starting at the verse 32. The group of followers all felt the same way about everything. None of them claimed that their belongings were their own, and they shared everything they had with each other. Sounds a lot like socialism, doesn't it? In a powerful way, the apostles told everyone that Lord Jesus was now alive, and God was greatly blessed in his followers, and no one went in need of anything. Everyone who owned land or houses would sell them and would bring the money to the apostles, and then they would give the money to anyone who needed it. Sounds a lot like socialism. Yeah. and then here in the next chapter, in chapter five, this when now Ananias and his wife Sapphira also sold a, sold a piece of property, but they agreed to cheat and keep some money for themselves. So when Ananias took the rest of the money to the apostles, so he just took a little for himself, and he gave, he didn't take it all. He was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm a little bit of a capitalist. I'm a little bit of a capitalist. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some, but I'm not gonna give you all of it. Uh, when he took the money to the apostles, Peter said. Why has Satan made you keep some of the money from the sale of this property? And why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? The property was yours before you sold it. And even after you stole it, the money was still yours. What made you do such a thing? You didn't lie to people. You lied to God. And as soon as Ananias heard this, he dropped dead. And everyone who heard it was also frightened. And some young men came and wrapped his body and they took him out and buried it. And three hours later, Sapphira came in. Wait, is this King James? No, this is, um, it's the Bible, it's the New Testament, but it's like the Bible for today's family. It's not like it's the It's not now. the King James version? No, well, there's a bunch of versions. There's the NIV version, but this is the CEV version. This is the contemporary English version. The NIV version is the one that people usually use, oh. and the King James version is the the and thou thing. Crazy. All uh, right. So, um, but, there, but then, then that's the other thing that we can get in is the etymology of the language and how it changes from version to version. Mm-hmm. And it comes originally from Aramaic, and then it moves to Greek and then it moves over and every single translation that happens things are a little bit different and you know words have a lot of power and when you change them just a little they can mean completely different things even just the punctuation of certain things can totally change what's happening uh so here's the the wife comes in three hours later Sapphira came in but did not know what happened to her husband and peter asked her tell me did you sell this property for this amount and she answered yes that's the amount and then peter said why did the two of you agree to test the Lord's spirit? The men who buried Ananias are by the door, and they will carry you out. And at once she fell at Peter's feet and died. <laughs> wow. So, I'm like getting flashbacks from Catholic school. Yeah, I'm sorry about your flashbacks, but the, the thing that I find is that the Bible itself and the people following Fear. it are super hypocritical. Because if you ask any good Christian right now, they're going to say they're a capitalist. They don't believe in socialism. My parents think that socialists are commie pinko liberal weirdos. It's terrible. But you look in the book of Acts and it talks right there about socialism. And if you weren't socialist enough, God struck you down. And now we've got people hiding under the guise of Christianity that are, you know, money grubbing capitalist assholes. And, and I mean, Look at Trump. I think that he claims that he's a Christian. But, but don't all presidents, I mean, except for Bernie, he was going to be a Jew, but they're all, they're all super Christian. Anyways, the, the point of the show is not to talk about the hypocrisy in it. It's to like find out what other people's relationship to this hypocrisy that we all believe. Well, <laughs> but why, why is it that we, 
are supposed to believe this particular thing. I, that's the thing that's so confusing to me. Is like, because we were born here at on this part of the globe, this is what we're supposed to believe. And that was exactly something I always said to myself, and I was questioning it. It's like, why this one? Why that one? You know, and it based it's based on where you're born. But let me read a little bit from this book. Yeah, it's please. Called, by Neil Donald Walsh, called "What God Wants," and. I was compelled to read this because I was like, what the hell is this about? And I flipped through and ended up reading a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's not like pro-religion. It's, it's kind of like, what has religion done for us? Let's, let's take a look. <laughs> and what can we do to, you know, get shit on track? So, like, have our earthly theologies provided humanity with effective guidance in how to, in how to live together in peace and harmony? No. <laughs> uh, today, 400 children die of starvation every hour, every hour. Yet it would be possible to feed all the starving children on the planet to protect them from dying of preventable diseases and to make basic education accessible to all with no more than 5% of the overall annual sales of arms in the world. Wow. 5%. Can this be possible? Yes. How is this evidence of a failure of religions and theologies? Ne this is great. Neglect of its own offspring to the point of starvation could only occur in a society whose people are themselves as separate from God and separate from each other, having little do to do with each other. And this is what is taught by our religions. Only such a cultural story could justify a world in which income of the richest 225 is equal to the income of 3 billion poor people. Wow. And the ultimate answer to the, the question what God wants in this book is uh, nothing. God wants nothing. Um, and then he goes on from there and saying, where, where can we go? It's more kind of getting to the force, the collective consciousness, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely... It's like you, like you say, you can be a good person without God, you know, right. without believing in religion or whatever, or being attached to it, so... Or you can be a total shithead and it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Mm. Well, and, and the reason I'm really glad that this show started right after Burning Man, because I feel like people go into the desert to have these, like, spiritual experiences on drugs and with other people and to sort of commune with others in a space with art and freedom and all these kinds of things. And yet... We can make that possible every day where we live, but we, at least I do. I mean, I have to put on my blinders. I can't, I can't worry about, I can't help every single person in the tenderloin that I walk by. No, I no. see the same guy. I've seen the same guy every day for seven years now that I've lived in the TL and I've watched him deteriorate over time because of whatever life choices he's making. Um, probably alcohol there's probably some heroin in there too maybe i don't know maybe some crack um but it might just be alcohol i don't know but i see his sores on his head and i'm seeing problems but like what can i do to help i'm not going to give him money because that's not going to help the situation what am i going to buy him a sandwich with food stamps like i don't know when you see the problems in the world it's almost like we have to turn a blind eye because otherwise it would be too all-encompassing I don't know like so it, it but it makes me feel like a bad person sometimes mm -hmm. when I see the inequity and I don't I'm not necessarily doing anything to change it but like I can also flip it around that I'm at the bottom of the inequity scale. like people would see my life and they I live below the poverty level and they'd be like you know maybe they want to try to help me <laughs> somehow <laughs> like wow that would be great I can't imagine some 
This was a joke I made up, but I never really said it about. Um, I, I got pregnant a couple years ago, and I was like, I should have, I mean, I should not have an, I, I wanted to have abortion often, obviously, because I can't afford to, and I don't have the time, and I drink too much to have a child. I like to have too much fun. It just, it doesn't fit into my life plan right now. But I would have had it if the Christian movement would have given me a million dollars. Because if they wanted that baby to live badly enough, and they could scrape together a million dollars. I would have had that kid and I would have raised the kid a million dollars. I could do it. I could do it if I have a million dollars. I can raise a great kid. But without that million dollars, like, I'm never going to be able to take it to the vaccinations. And then you got to take the time off work to take to the put. And then you got to put them in the child care and the, like, you know. Anyway. Yes, there we go. Uh, so a million dollars Christian right movement on, but I'm not, I have an IUD now, so I'm not going to have any babies, no babies. Well, coincidentally, I think a lot of people who have kids turn to drinking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they can't, it's just too much. I mean, it's a lot of people aren't ready for babies. That, that's one of the things that the religious movement is really upsets me about it is this, the grand scale subjugation of women and the, the negation of their ability to think for themselves and to have power over their own bodies. Like that saying with religion really, really bothers me that, that women aren't really represented in the Bible and the ones that are, aren't the best role models for right. women, aren't the best role models for feminism. So, I mean, from my perspective, it's always been a little difficult. Does the Bible pass the Bechtel test? I don't think no, it the Bible doesn't pass the Bechtel test because every woman is in somehow relation to a man. Right, right, because right. it starts out with Ruth and uh, you know, and, and the reason that Ruth and Naomi become yeah. such close friends is that her sons—it's in relation to her sons and them getting married to her sons—and then her, their sons die, and then she goes back with them, and then she's the one who finds Boaz, the man for Ruth to marry, who's the old rich fat guy who um, she sleeps at his feet for three days in the gleaning room. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And uh, that's how that situation... But so it's all in relation to men. Even Queen Esther, it's in relation to a man. Samson and Delilah, it's, it's Delilah in relation to a man. Mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene, the mother, Mary the mother of God, all of that. It's all... I don't think any stories are about women specifically on their own merit without, like, the influence of men. I don't know, man. It's like... I don't know. The Bible's kind of like Windows 95. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was really great in 95. Yeah. And you know what? It didn't support Flash. It didn't support Flash at all. It didn't know what Flash was yet, and it didn't realize how great of a person Flash was. And now Flash is really great. And they misunderstood Flash, and they, you know, they didn't, they didn't get it. But now, now they do. They're coming around. But you know what? Nobody pays attention to Windows 95 anymore. So why the fuck should we pay attention to the Bible? Right. Absolutely. That's a good point. And, but why do people, why do people still, we'll, we'll close it down with this, uh, drummer, comedian, Aaron Barrett. Why do people still cling so strongly to this book? That, that, and understand it and, and tell it to other people as truth, not even as allegory, not even as an allegorical you know, like this is law. Like this is law. This yeah. is God's law. This is God's word. That's what they say. This is God's struck word. Struck down. Right. Yeah. This is this is this is the word of God. How are we still snowing people into believing this? 
Uh, it's a good question. I think ultimately it's fear. But to be honest with you, I, I think a lot of people, you know, I'd like to believe that little by little uh, religion is dropping and people who believe in it is dwindling. But um, I think a lot of people, yeah, pretend to believe in it and they don't. But the ones who really do, I mean, yeah, I think it's all out of fear and they're fucking pussies. They don't know how to fucking live their lives and take control of their fucking lives because they think there's some sort of fucking plan and they're waiting for it to happen. You know, and, and those are the kind of people like, hey, share this thing and you'll get $3 million tomorrow, you know. <laughs> like, th- that's how they live their lives, you know, believing that something's going to happen, just going to happen because God has a plan instead of actually taking their life into their own hands and doing something with it, you know. And that was goes to the whole Salvia thing. It made me feel like fucking get shit done while you're here because you know it's all you got you know it's bleeding finite amount of time or whatever so yeah i don't know fear though i think that's the main thing churches build these big big buildings for tax free which is really interesting and uh the funny thing is i just came back from newark new jersey uh where white flight happened after the riots in 65 or 68 i don't remember which year i think it was 68 and there's all of these churches that lay fallow, these enormous churches with like beautiful stained glass that aren't being used yeah. because the population has disappeared and they're being bought up by Spotify and Twitter. Academy of Art. They're buying churches? In Newark, New Jersey. Uh. They're buying these beautiful churches that were built in like 1889 and like 1932, these gorgeous churches, and they're turning them into audible. They're turning them into these Places where people work. Uh, man, I, Isn't that an... It's, go to Newark, New Jersey and buy a church. There's these beautiful, enormous churches that have just been vacant for yeah. years. And now they're being, being bought up. And so you could, you could work for a large corporation, but be inside a house of what was once considered and built for and with the money from people who believed in God. Mm-hmm. I find that very interesting. I find that very bizarre. Uh, I don't know. Does it, it bothers you a little? This is, oh, this is this is out of my wheelhouse because I don't like. I gave up on this like years and years ago, and uh, my whole like uh, like I had like a kind of semi fucked up upbringing, and then uh, really fucked up like college time, and then like way fucked up more pain after that, and then I uh, went to all this therapy. And uh, the one thing I took from therapy uh, was don't think about things you can't control. Huh. So that's my God, is that sentence right there. Don't think about things you can't control. I don't think about the president. I don't think about uh, God. I don't think about... Other people. Yeah, I, I think about things that I that are solid fact. I don't, yeah, I don't try and run scenarios like how did, how did Pam react to what I did today? How did uh, how did Aaron, did I make an ass out of myself to Aaron? Like I don't like I used to do things where I like I'd imagine people seeing me through their eyes and like judge myself and then get mad at them for things I thought they thought. Like mm-hmm. so, uh, it was on a lot of drugs, but. Um, yeah, so now it's just like the second I start thinking about something I can't control, I'm just like, oh, this uh, that's a no-brainer. I'm done. Like it's uh, that's really great. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I need to start trying to think in that perspective because <laughs> I'm I constantly worry you about run what other people think. 
Like that's my entire thing. It's like yeah, there's a, it's, I it's, want to control the way they see me. It's like a, it's like an engine running see, but poorly. That, but the thing like, is that my problem is that I try to control the way other people see me, and so then I try to control my own behavior to make them happy, but in a theoretical no, way. So that was, I don't know what makes that was. Them happy. That was how I was, and I think I know what makes them. And it drove me crazy. Right. So then I keep working on myself, but maybe I should just not worry about it. No. Yeah. Not, you have no I'll, control over or it. Or then I just get angry because I'm like, it's because of the way I dress, or it's because I don't wear makeup, or it's because I'm not well, nice like enough in public, or it's because I don't. It's because I didn't pluck my mole hair today. Well, the, the <laughs> first the first step to doing it for me was um, I got like a shitty Casio watch, and uh, I said it to beep on the hour every hour. And every time it would beep, I would take mental inventory and just be like, how how do I feel right now? Because, like, I used to get pissed, and, like, I wouldn't know I was pissed, and I'd just be, like, walking around slamming things and, like, <laughs> not even know, realizing I was upset. And then, um, so my emotions were dictating my actions, um, unbeknownst to me. Um, so, like, that was kind of the first step. So once I got past, like, you know, once I was aware of how I was feeling constantly, like, if I don't know how I feel, that's okay, too. I just, I just, I'm aware that I don't know. Um, and then I just try and put the things that I have control over, you know, in one spot into one, you know, metaphorical spot on the table. And then I look at him and then I'm like, okay, that this is what I can do. Your dog just farted. <laughs> oh gross. Yeah, it's like Yeah, he farted right by he's right underneath me, so <laughs> I don't believe in God, but I do believe in dog. Yeah. Dog farts. Uh that was really that was really deep. Uh Aaron, we're gonna wrap up our hour of talk here. What are your last words about anything about higher powers? The old gods and the new. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Ah, so he doesn't get the old gods and the new joke. Damn it. Mm-mm. Nobody got my Iron Butterfly joke. I don't know what under Iron Butterfly means. You said the, the Bagavita or something? Oh, the Bagavita. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, I love Iron Butterfly. But oh, it's a band? Yeah, they oh, sing okay. and, and got it a Vita. Oh, gotcha. And you guys said Bagavita or something? Right. Uh, whatever it's that word book. was. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Fuck you guys. No, no, no. He knows more <laughs> about music. I don't know anything about music. I don't know nothing. You know that song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would just say um, um, religion created uh, the concept of the devil, and it's okay to sing about it and listen to Slayer and Black Sabbath. Fuck yeah! yeah. And a lot of that's actually not pro-Satan. It's pro-God. So A lot of it's just fucked up love Pay songs. attention to the lyrics if you're going to protest shit. Well, and... You, it, do you feel like so when when you have song death metal songs it is nothing just there's nothing to do with Satan so all of the all of the, the uh, parents, probably the ones in Norway are probably anti God and pro Satan yeah but, Christians uh, I think Slayer is very misunderstood in their lyrics and they're you know singing about biblical things you know it's like you created it and now we're just singing about it you know and so all those but all those moms in the 80s that were spinning rack back records oh, backward yeah, Zeppelin, and looking yeah. for the devil oh God, yeah. and saying that this is Satan loves you all that stuff that was that was just you know a reactionary fear because their kids were wearing black yeah I guess so or, or you know probably some swear words in there that they weren't crazy about but yeah there was you know the, the whole backwards message thing was 
insane. I think even Ozzy once said, you know, I wish I had done that. <laughs> no, I had a call, but I, on our first record, we uh, had like six minutes to fill. So we made like one of those trippy segue things. And then like we uh, did, we like all chanted like, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. Get your associate's degree in hell. And we played it backward. And then we put it on the album. And then we had it printed on vinyl. And then we tried spinning it backwards and it just didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Not working That's at all. Rad. Well, yeah. I'd like to thank our first guest on Some Call Me Tune, mm-hmm. uh, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. When can thank we you. see Thanks Floating Goat? Me. When can we see Floating Goat next? Uh, tonight at Turk Street. Um, <laughs> I'm be jamming <laughs> with Chris. Oh, um, right on. I keep seeing him. He ri- he rides his bike by here like every day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully November. We're really trying to get an album out. It's been sent out. We got to wait for it to get pressed and all that stuff. But we're hoping for November, and then we'll have a record le- release and all that shit. And you're gonna have a slew of shows. Hopefully, I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks wow. for having me. Thank you for Appreciate being here. That. Drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. Yay! Yay! Uh, so that concludes the first hour of Some Call Me Too. Uh, the second hour is going to be... Also, if you'd like to be interviewed on Some Call Me Tim, just PM me on... Uh, Pam, Pam at hotmail.com or you guys all know me on Facebook so uh, PM me let me know uh, when you want to be on what Wednesday from 2 to 3 to talk for an hour about your commitments non-commitments ideas with religion uh, the second hour of the show is uh, Moog religion it's pervert fervor <laughs> it's going to be so hard for pervert fervor, pervert fervor, pervert fervor, pervert fervor say it lots and lots of times pervert fervor pervert fervor <laughs> Uh, and uh, if you guys didn't know, in the past, Timmy Pizza used to be in a really cool band, and now he's back to making music again, so he's going to be doing it every Wednesday here from 3 to 4. We're going to be back right here with him in about five minutes. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area...